This episode of the 343 podcast is supported by Bounce Athletics. Bounce Athletics is offering you an additional 10% discount because they know that you are serious about high quality soccer products if you are listening to this show. Training balls from Bounce Athletics can be customized with your logo and your color scheme and will only cost you about $15 to $20 per ball. And if you compare similar textured training balls from Nike, Adidas, or Select, those would be in the $50 to $60 range. Now, I've personally tested the balls from Bounce Athletics. They feel great. They look great. They roll great. They hold air, which is super important. They are legit, and I highly recommend them. To top everything off, Bounce Athletics will send you complimentary mock-ups of what your balls will look like with your logo on them. Just email your logo to info at Bounce Athletics to begin the order process. And remember to mention 343 so you get that additional 10% discount when you place your order. This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. Manya Makowski Papioni is a former professional soccer player and a current college soccer coach. And actually, just days after recording this episode, Marymount University announced that Manya will be the next women's uh, head soccer coach. So congratulations to Manya. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about that on this particular episode, so maybe we will have to bring her back to talk about that. Uh, but we did have a great conversation. And during that conversation, we discussed what type of mentality it requires to go far in this sport as a player, which I also think applies to going far in this sport as a coach, which Manya is going through right now. Um, We also discussed how to manage a team full of players that all have different goals and expectations. So that is very, very important. And it's something we've talked about in a number of different ways, both on this podcast and on the 343 blog, but managing the different types of mentalities, be it uh, you know the recreational mentality versus the competitive mentality, the competitive mentality versus the professional mentality, and how to cater to the, all of the needs as a coach when you have all of those players on your roster. So we ended up talking about that for quite a while. And we also talked about her ideas on developing the whole player, not just the soccer player. You can connect with Manya on social media. I've linked to her Twitter, and uh, you can find that on 343coaching.com. Fun fact, Manya's husband, Bobby, is a 343 member, and he's probably super jealous that she got on the show first before I invited him. Uh, but Manya and Bobby are both very active on social media, and they're very they're very good at engaging with, uh, with coaches from all around the world. You can uh, usually catch both of them, along with another 343 podcast alumni, Nick Rizzo, during Nick and um, Nick and Coach Soderling's soccer chats every Wednesday night. So look for that on on Twitter. Um, just a reminder that this podcast is supported by Bounce Athletics. I'm just giving them an extra plug. Hopefully you heard about them in the intro and you will hear about them again later in the show. But be sure to check them out. Buy their soccer balls, buy their vests, uh, check out their training goals. I'm super happy with all of their products that I have. Um, and I use them each and every week. And that is not a lie. That is 100% truth. This show is also brought to you by the best online coaching education membership program that is available. If you want to teach your teams how to play possession-based soccer, and if you want to become a better coach, 343 have the proven experience and knowledge to help you accomplish those goals. 
In addition to hundreds of blog posts, podcasts, and videos, 343 offers a free course and also offers a premium membership program for ambitious coaches. The 343 Premium Membership Program is designed to reduce your trial and error time and help you achieve your coaching goals. You get 24-7 online access to videos of real training sessions and real games. You also get audio lessons, ebooks, recorded clinics, classroom presentations, and forums for networking with other 343 members who are pushing the limits of coaching in the United States. You can go to 343coaching.com to find out more information about the benefits of signing up or you can make a really great decision and just sign up and start learning. Once again, that is 343coaching.com. All right. I hope that you enjoy this episode of the 343 podcast with Manya Makowski Papioni. I guess uh, let's let's start where we always start. Let's uh, let's get an introduction from you and uh, who who are you? What do you do? Why am I interviewing you? Uh, just wh- whatever comes to mind right now, I guess. Okay, sounds good. Um, hey everyone, my name is Manya Papioni. Um, my maiden name is Makoski. Um, that was my my player name. So if you Google me, that's what you should Google to find out my playing stuff um i currently live in maryland um just outside dc i'm the assistant coach for women's soccer at the university of maryland um coming up on three years here now um i'm originally from connecticut i'm a yankee um but i have lived all over the place because of this beautiful game of soccer um went to college at arizona state i was a sun devil um i played professionally for five years um los angeles atlanta um, Iceland, Finland, and finished up my last year in New Jersey with Sky Blue. Um, I love this game, and uh, soccer has been such a big part of my life, and um, that's you know why I coach now to to give back. And you know I've had some amazing coaches, and um, you know that's how I model my coaching philosophy is just all of the stuff that I've learned as a player um, at each of the levels. And I take that into, you know, how I coach now. And I just love giving back and just teaching the girls about life and, um, about the game. I have a, I have a pretty direct question. I'll ask you right, right off the bat. Cause you mentioned that everything that you've learned as a player has influenced the way that the way that you're coaching, but what about things that you didn't learn as a player that you're, that you're now noticing like, Oh, wow. Like, you know, I, sh- I wish I would have learned this as a player. The coach never taught me this or, or things like that. So h- how, how have you kind of filled in the gaps as a coach or, or did you, have you noticed any gaps as a coach? Uh, for sure. I mean, it's completely different um, playing the game, obviously, than coaching on the sideline. I mean, as a coach, you know, my strong suits are, um, you know, the demonstration. I was a very visual learner. I wish I learned to be more of an audible learner as a player, um, but I'm starting to be able to do both, um, you know, demo. um, But recently I just had hip surgery, so that has been taken out of my coaching plans right now. So I'm, you know, definitely learning to be more of a verbal coach and just um, explaining things a little bit more specifically and in depth for my players. Um, You know, it's, it's been challenging, but it's, you know, it's making me better as a coach and, 
you know, I wish I was a little bit better as a player, um, you know, taking instruction, you know, I, I did like seeing things and that's how I learned. And, you know, I watched the game. Um, but as far as, you know, just something that I wish I knew as a coach that I've experienced, which I knew as a player that I've experienced as a coach, I'm trying to think, um, you know, I would say just the value of, of video analysis. Um, you know, I wish I could say I was one that I love to watch, um, you know, watch me, my video and watch me play. I think I was just more nervous that, you know, that I was going to be too hard on myself and just been over critical. Um, but I mean, there are, you know, positive ways to watch a video and more of a learning experience more more than just the critique. Um, you know, so I, do enjoy breaking down film and, you know, doing scouting reports too, and just really working with my players as a team um, and one-on-one in video analysis and just really going through, um, you know, different situations and just trying to pick their brain about what they were thinking at that moment, you know, what options did they see? Um, you know, what did they not see? And like, why did they not see that? Um, you know, so I wish that as a player, I, I put a little bit more value on that. Um, you know, the video watching myself play. When did you first encounter video review or video analysis as a player it sounds like you, you oh, sounds like you did experience it but you didn't value it until a certain um, time so i mean does, does vhs tapes count towards that <laughs> video analysis i'm trying to think i mean in, in college you know that's we we didn't i think like dvd was just being introduced towards the end of my college years so um i mean with when i was in high school with the under 19 national team obviously that's a high level so we had a little bit a video but not much it was more just you know the the written and verbal scouting reports and um post-game analysis but i would say in college um you know we did a little bit but it wasn't really, um you know professionally you know we did that was very important just because of the access and you know the, the timing where you know there was webcasting there was you know online platforms to watch video so um but it wasn't really until until after I retired, I was like, okay, you know, like I had so much access, I should have utilized it a little bit more. Did did you notice a difference in the way video analysis was done between between countries? Was there more emphasis on it in America or in Finland or 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 America versus Europe or or anything like that? Or did had you still not really fully appreciated it enough at the time to to know that there was a big difference? Yeah, I mean it's it's tough to say. I mean when I was in Europe, um, you know, I had a really great coach in Finland. He's he's from England, and I'm I've learned the most from him, um, and had the best year of my entire career. Um, you know when I was playing in Finland, and I think it was because of that that game analysis. Like you know we really broke down more you know more tactics than anything with that that game film, um, and it was just very super helpful and very specific. Um, you know, kind of what I try to do with my girls now is just reading different situations and figuring out, all right, what was I thinking? What were my options? Um, and, you know, and that really helped me grow as a player. Oh, that's cool. Um, we messaged a little bit beforehand about what what would be the best use of our time and what would be the best topic to cover so the guests, or sorry, the, the listeners get the most value out of out of this episode. And you you were really adamant on, on developing developing the player but developing the total player so for sure i'm curious i guess why does that mean so much to you and then how or 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 what is the the most important thing that we need to cover Mm -hmm. in order to to extract the most value 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think the term holistic approach is just kind of thrown around out there. Like it's, you know, just a hot topic and, you know, some people may not even, you know, know what that means. Um, but for me, um, you know, I am coaching a person, you know, I'm coaching a young mind that's very moldable and formable at the time. Um, you know, and as, as coaches, you know, we have such a strong role that we're, you know, developing and influencing, impacting these young minds who will eventually go out in, in the, in the real world after they play soccer, you know, and, you know, as a coach, if, you know, you've got a, a very talented player and they're just a terrible teammate, terrible person, but we're letting that go, um, you know, just because they are talented, you know, what are we like, what are we really teaching them and how are we preparing them for the real world? Um, you know, and it just really hit home for me because, you know, as, as a teenager, I was a punk, you know, like in high school, I was talking trash on the field and, you know, I, you know, I would punch girls and it just was not okay, you know, and, um, <laughs> I, I just had a lot of life lessons learned, you know, and I, I'm grateful for soccer and I'm grateful for the awesome coaches who did take the time to really, you know, care about me night just as a player, but as a person too, you know, I dealt with off the field stuff, you know, family stuff, other stuff. And, um, you know, it was those coaches who cared more than just the soccer, you know, they knew that I had soccer as an escape from all the stuff that I was going through, but, you know, they really did care about me off the field. And I think, you know, I, I use this quote a lot, you know, people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Um, you know, so having that, that personal connection with these great coaches who took the time to, you know, ask me, you know, how was your day today? You know, like, what did you go through? What were the struggles? You know, what do you need help with? You know, that really touched me and inspired me to become a better person, become a better player. Um, you know, so that's kind of the basis of my coaching philosophy is that, you know, I'm, I'm working with these amazing um, college players and, you know, I'm getting to know them. You know, I may not listen to the same music that they listen to, um, but, you know, just sitting down with them and grabbing a cup of coffee and just asking about their day or asking about their family or asking about what their goals are, you know, post-graduation, it really does mean a lot to them, you know, and then when you get on the field with them, like they know that you care about them and they're going to listen to you, um, you know, so that is just really important to me to kind of approach coaching in that way. Um, and I think it's, you know, it's important that coaches take a look at that and, you know, or is your coaching philosophy based on just developing the best soccer player out there? Or are you, you know, really impacting them in their development and teaching them different things about life, teaching them how to be mentally tough, teaching them how to think for themselves and, you know, problem solve? Would you have made it as far as, as you did as a player without having that attitude you did as as a player you kind of described yourself i think as a punk and right. you said that you <laughs> kind of had some experience in in the dark arts of soccer yeah. but would you have For made sure. it would you have made it as far as you did without having that mentality yeah i mean it's tough to say because i mean yes i you know i used a lot of you know my quote unquote punk attitude to like as motivation you know i was like i'm 5 foot 3 um, you know, and I was always the smallest player out there. So I had like, you know, a grudge against those coaches who told me, you know, that I was too, too small to play soccer. So I had that internal motivation and I probably would have, you know, gone far. Um, but like, I just had such a bad attitude and, um, you know, I don't think I would have made it to the national or professional level if, 
you know, I didn't have that attitude adjustment and didn't have those coaches who cared about me. I, I probably, you know, I, I probably would have quit and just been, you know, this game and, you know, cares about me, but fortunately I did. Um, I'm very grateful for that and just grateful for, you know, just who I am today because of all that. Like it is a part of me. I'm not going to deny who I was, um, but it's just a part of my story. And those coaches who helped me along my path are a part of my story as well. And I'm just grateful for everything that I've, you know, had up leading up to this point. And I'm just looking to kind of stay in that right direction and, and, you know, be there for my girls and be the right role model for them. Yeah. So it sounds like you kind of just figure out a way along with the, or with the help of, of proper mentorship Mm -hmm, to, to channel that attitude or that fire inside of you for, for good, instead of allowing it to become a roadblock for you. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. For sure. And I mean, I'm working on myself now too, you know, like I'm all about the professional development and, um, you know, we're not, we're not done, done learning and growing, you know, like once you get to a place where you're like, Oh yeah, I like, I know everything. And, um, you know, I don't need to, to learn and grow anymore. Like that's, you know, when we fail ourselves and fail, fail others. Um, you know, so I'm all about, you know, reading John Gordon books and learning how to be a better leader. And, you know, I'm going to, to we coach and camp elevate to, you know, work on myself. Um, you know, cause I think if, I stop working on myself. I'm doing my players an injustice by not teaching them the right things. Yeah. I, I told you before, uh, before I started recording that I had interviewed that, that Mika guy and Mm -hmm. what what he said, we talked a lot about education and what what he said Mm -hmm. really stuck with me was that the coach is the conduit between information or education and the player. And so the, the, if the coach of that conduit, if that link is a bad mm-hmm. link. Well, then the players aren't going to benefit from anything a coach is trying trying to teach them or tell them. And and so the coach, yeah. you know, being able to work on yourself or or knowing being at least at least being self aware of Absolutely. of what your strengths or weaknesses or problems or or positives are, however you want to describe it, is very very important. And and it's it's um it's something that probably people in general, but especially soccer coaches, because this is a soccer podcast, we don't spend enough time thinking about you know, our own state uh, absolutely, and, and how, and how that's going to affect the players and, and it can have a, you know, negative or a positive impact. So that's, it's kind of yeah. cool to hear you talk about that. I, I didn't anticipate yeah. talking about that. <laughs> absolutely. Well, I don't think we realize, you know, just how much information and how much um, our players are aware of what we say and do. Um, you know, I've, and I've coached every single age group, you know, I've coached, you know, five-year-olds, you know, all the way up to um, you know, I've helped train some professional players and you just don't realize how much impact you have over them, you know, cause they, like they, they look up to you, you know, you're the coach, like, you know, they, they want to learn from you and, you know, they're just looking to get everything and anything they can from you to get better. You know, that's the reason why they're in it. Um, you know, so you don't realize <laughs> how much they, they actually learn and, and see and hear from you. Can you remember a specific time when when you first noticed that a coach was going above and beyond to, to reach out to you or to help you or to, to, to work on something with you that hadn't happened before? Um, let's see. I'm trying to think. Um, I mean, I, I will always go back to, um, Tracy Leon, my under 19 national team coach. Cause that, I mean, she was there in that kind of pivotal time of me and changing my attitude adjustment. You know, I was in high school at the time and, um, you know, never, like, I, I love soccer I knew that I was talented, um, you know, but uh, like, I didn't think I was going to make it 
that far, you know, national team professional. Um, you know, and she, she brought me in and took a chance on me. And, um, you know, I just remember like walking around in national team gear with like my pants tagging, just like looking all, you know, scrappy. And, you know, she had a conversation with me and be like, you know, like the way you present yourself, um, you know, others going to see that. And it speaks volumes, you know, especially that first impression, you know, and such a high standard, you know, you can't act and speak and think a certain way. Like, not that, that they're trying to control your life, but there is a certain standard and it's a higher standard and it's all about appearance and professionalism. So, you know, she really did take a chance on me and, you know, taught me a lot about uh, standard, you know, fitness, you know, my fitness was terrible. Like, I mean, just Hey, Manya, you're you're cut, you're, you're starting to cut out. Oh shoot! Sorry, my my service is really terrible at my condo. Okay. Let me see if I can move a little bit. Tell me what you want me to start over with. Yeah, let me uh, let me think. You had you had started to say uh, your fitness your okay. fitness was bad. So somewhere somewhere around okay. that part. Cool. So yeah, sorry. My service is like so bad here. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, just being in with the national team, like there is just a higher level of standard for everything. And, um, you know, I was, I was terrible with fitness in high school. I know I got away with being the fastest player on the field all the time. So I would just, you know, be able to cheat and just kind of make up for mistakes and laziness with my, with my speed, you know, so Tracy had to, you know, sit down with me and just really talk to me about that higher level standard, especially with fitness. And I remember going into one of my first camps and I, you know, the beep test, like I got out like at level like 14 and everybody, like the standard was like 18, um, you know, and I just, it was, a, it was a rude awakening, um, you know, so after that camp, just going home, like I really started to focus on my fitness. And I mean, I think that's, you know, if you ask anyone that's coached me or, you know, seen me play like fitness was was me like that's that's who I was as a player like I was fit I was able to run the entire 90 and you know not not tire so um you know I always go back to Tracy and just how much she taught me about about life and the game and just having a higher standard for yourself now what how I'm interpreting that is not necessarily that you know the fitness part like actually you know what you did fitness wise Mm -hmm. you know the reps or, or or things like that to me that's that's not important to me right what what i'm hearing is important is having the mentality switch to actually go out and do the work that you need to do on your own in order to be at the level that is necessary to play at you know u19 international so it's it's really it's really just being able to push yourself to go do the work that nobody else wants to do yeah absolutely no for sure i mean i definitely learned that you know you have to outwork the other person because, you know, they're probably out there, you know, doing the same thing that you're doing, but the person that's going to persevere and, you know, win that starting spot is the one that puts the most work in. And, you know, I, I definitely learned a lot about that and just having that higher standard and what it means, um, you know, cause you don't realize what that work is until you get there, you know, until you get to that higher level and you're like, Oh yeah, like I do have another level in me, you know, like we think that we've reached it, but, you know, you can always dig a little bit deeper, um, you know, and throughout that process, that's what's making you tougher. Um, and that's what's, you know, shaping you as a person just to have those higher standards and, and work ethic. Hey, sit tight. We are going to hear a quick message from our sponsor, Bounce Athletics. 
as a part-time DOC, I, I had a budget and, you know, we needed training gear every year and it just was getting more and more difficult to find decent, high quality, affordable training balls. That's Zach. He's the co-founder of Bounce Athletics. And as a coach, he was having a hard time finding quality soccer balls at an affordable price. So he started searching for ways to solve that problem for himself and for others. We've been able to experiment with a lot of different textured materials and construction methods. And, and I think we've really got it dialed in to, to where now, you know, with, with our training balls, we're providing super high level training balls that have all the modern technology in them for a fraction of the price of global brands. Zach and Bounce Athletics are offering 343 members and listeners 10% off orders of those custom premium soccer balls that he was just talking about. Email info at bounceathletics.com to start the order process and be sure to mention 343 to receive your 10% discount. All right, let's get back to the show. One of the things we've talked about on the podcast before, and it's probably been a long time since this topic has been talked about, but the idea that the best American players are not competing against other American players for their spots, either in, N- mm-hmm. in NWSL or MLS or even at col- at the college level, um, now probably more than ever. But you're, you're competing against other kids from other countries, other players from other countries that are working their asses off, you know, five, six, seven days a week. And they are competing for spots at the, at the professional level here in America or colleges. And so if American players are only competing against other American players and they see, oh, well, you know, little Johnny or Susie's working two days a week, I'll work three days a week, and I'm going to be better than that player. It's like, no, like we need to change the mentality. You're competing against the world for your spot. If you go into that mentality, you're going to, your, your work rate will, it should go through the roof. But if you're competing against other Americans, eh, it's not enough. Like, I don't know how else to say it. It's just not enough. No, I, I agree completely. I mean, I, I compared to the rest of the world, I mean, soccer in America is just so young. Like it is ingrained in European culture, you know, in other countries culture that, you know, like you live, breathe, sleep, and eat soccer. Um, you know, whether it's you're working on your first touch or, you know, you're watching a game, like I'm watching Chelsea right now as we're talking, um, <laughs> they're, they're destroying West Ham and it's great. Um, you know, like you're watching soccer, you know, like you're reading about mental toughness, like you're, um, you know, going out for a run, you know, doing extra fitness, like it is just something that's inherent in them. And I think, you know, soccer in America, like we're starting to get that, um, you know, like America prides themselves on being workaholics and, and hard workers, but it's like in the wrong way, almost, um, you know, sometimes it's, you know, not just putting your head down and, um, you know, working hard on something like there has to be a purpose to it and you have to love it. You know, I think we do things that we don't love because we feel like we have to do them, but like in other countries, like they love soccer, it's their culture and that's why they enjoy and will be willing to put in that extra work for it. And to me, I always think about Venus and Serena Williams. I think about Tiger Woods. Mm -hmm. I think about a lot of the people that play individual type sports and even team sports too, like basketball or, or baseball. Um, you know, the, how putting in that extra work Mm -hmm. is not only expected, it's just, it's just like mandatory. And for whatever reason, for whatever reason, like the soccer, 
the soccer culture here, like the DA, ECNL, whatever, like that, that soccer culture, it's not mandatory to put in the extra work. It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's not, it's not expected out of the players like it is in, in other sports. Now there are players that do it, but they do it in, you know, kind of, uh, like they're, they're the, the out, the, what is it called? Outliers. But mm-hmm. in, yep. in baseball, like they're, the guys are always doing batting they're practice or pitching or whatever in tennis. Like they're always hitting the ball against yep. the wall. It's like, that's just expected and mandatory in, in, in those sports. And I don't know what it is about, about soccer. Like it's just, it's soft. It's so soft. I don't understand the mentality. I really don't. For sure. Yeah. I mean, and they, our players and even the coaches, like we have so many resources out there. I mean, look at, you know, Yale Averbush national team professional player. Like she has her technique app out there. Like, beast mode dave like you can he now has his app um you know my my good buddy tiffany weimer like she's got the ductic brand you know with the soccer notebooks like there is no excuse you know to not go out there and prepare and plan and actually execute and and do it you know and they're companies that make it fun too it's not just you know boring boring drill like yale is like coming up with some awesome stuff in her in her app for these young kids and you know making a competitive where you can compete against a player from california and the amount of time that you spend on the app like there's no excuse to do it um you know i don't really know the reason why it could be you know (laughs) it could be technology you know kids are spending too much time on their phone but look at these amazing things that they have on their phone to help them 100 percent and um i was i was curious if you knew tiff because you mentioned you're from connecticut and i was like, yeah hey, yeah like, there's there's got to be a connection between five yeah, three girls that are from connecticut so she's like, uh, i feel like we're five three there i mean christine lily is probably five three at the time when she played um <laughs> yeah, she, she's my good buddy we um you know we grew up playing you know against each other first and then with each other um we actually created a girls academy in connecticut um you know while we were while i was playing professionally she's still playing she's baller um but yeah, yeah, she's, she's, she's my good buddy. Going or thinking back to when you guys created that Academy, I've interviewed Tiff two times, by the way. And so she's talked about that on the podcast before. Uh, oh no. Okay. Well, you're going to have to inter- interview me like two more times. Cause we're really competitive and I want to get more interviews than her. <laughs> that is hilarious. That is hilarious. Um, I've interviewed y'all too, by the way. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. But, but thinking back to when you guys created that and then thinking about the topic that you wanted to talk about today, mm-hmm. Yeah, was, you know, that developing the total player in in the way that you've described it already today, was that on your mind then? Or is that something that has developed over time and and has become something different now? Hold on one second. No, absolutely. I mean, that was the premise of creating it. So um, our our good buddy, Kira McCormick, she's a Canadian player, played at Yale, um, played on that. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So she's the ultimate founder of Girls Can. She started it in Canada. And then um, she was actually... Um, my sophomore year assistant high school coach when she was injured at Yale um, we got to to know each other pretty well because I was um, injured for a little bit and um, you know stayed in touch with her and then we decided to bring girls can to Connecticut because I mean it was already at a, a dense market club market um, you know and we wanted to offer Connecticut players one you know not just being from Connecticut and just you know giving them something that we never had but just a good product and um, you know, we, we did have that holistic approach where we were really, you know, we took players with good character. You know, if, if you were a player that, um, you know, was a Brad and, you know, we, you know, we would work with you, but ultimately like you wouldn't make it in our club. Um, you know, we 
really worked with the girls and just taught them life lessons and, you know, taught them about the college recruiting process with the older kids. We gave them homework. Like we had eight year olds doing game analysis. It was fantastic. Um, <laughs> you know, and it was all, you know, listener was a part of that um, goalkeeper for the national team. Like we had an unbelievable product. Um, you know, we were all female professional soccer players from Connecticut or, you know, had, had lived and worked in Connecticut and, you know, we had these young girls looking up to us. Like they probably had no idea, <laughs> um, the level of, that we were at, but, you know, they, they knew that we were professional players and, um, you know, that was a level that they were aspiring to be. Um, you know, so we, we were able to really work with them and, um, it's pretty neat now just seeing them all in, in college. Now I've actually coached, um, you know, against a couple of them, which is so crazy, but, um, you know, it was, it was definitely an amazing experience to be able to to create a club, not just to make money. Like we were not doing it to make money, but to really impact these girls' lives. That's really cool. And that's it's it's so crazy how small the soccer world really is. Yep, it is. That is, that is to me, I'm just like shitting, I'm, I'm sitting here shaking my head. Like how like how is this possible that you guys are all connected? And I've interviewed all four of you now. Um, <laughs> Because we're amazing female soccer that's people. That's that right. is why. <laughs> right. um, yeah, so I, I, I guess well, I, I want to just try to stay on topic as much as possible. So I want to make sure that we that we touch on everything that you had in mind when you wanted to talk about developing the total player. Sure. So if, there, if, if there's like two or three things that you focus on specifically today – with your with your players, uh, mm-hmm. or or when when looking for information, I guess uh, as well. So when you're trying to educate yourself, what are two mm-hmm. two or three of the most important things that you're that you're looking for? Um, as far as working with my players, um, you know, I do IDPs, individual development programs, um, and a lot of the focus on that is, you know, I, I have them go through a self assessment, you know, just different topics of soccer. Um, you know, strength, fitness, soccer, IQ, passing, first touch, those sorts of things. And I have them rate themselves on a scale of one to 10 and just, you know, kind of write a little sentence about why they think that is where they are. Um, And I think what's important for this is each player is going to be different. Each player's, you know, mental toughness rating of a 10 is going to be different. You know, what one player's eight may be another player's four. So you kind of have to know the player and get to know them a little bit more before you do this, Um, you know, because you'll be, shocked if shocked at some players answers if you don't know what their you know their kind of scale rating is to them um and then from that we we do some goal setting and goal planning and goal you know strategizing all right you know what are your three long-term goals um you know what are the short-term goals leading up to that long-term goal and then what are your weekly performance goals to to reach those short-term goals so i leave that process up to them i'll give them some guidance about what i you know feel like they need to work on but a lot of you know the goals that they have or you know the the scores that they gave themselves like a four lower um you know so at least they're recognizing what they do need to work on and what they need to accomplish um you know to be a better player and and that's kind of the goal is like you know what do you want out of this experience at maryland's you know like what do you want these four four years to to mean for you what do you want to accomplish um or beyond you know a lot of my players have goals of of being professional and i'm grateful to be able to guide them in that um you know, but also you can have these goals, but how are you going to get there? You know, so that's where those weekly performance goals come into play. And it's not just, all right, you know, I'm going to work on my first touch two times a week. It's no, like how many 
times a week, how much time are you going to put into it? How many reps? And then in training, are you keeping track of that? All right. What is your success rate going to be for this week? What is your goal? Like for your first touch, you know, and how are you measuring that first touch? Um, if you're able to give a pass to a teammate and they're able to make a pass, I would say that's a pretty successful first touch because you, um, you know, led that possession with in a positive way. Um, you know, so I'll make them think about this, the success rate that they want to have for that week. And are you going to increase it each week? And you know, are you having that in the back of the head, you know, during your training? Um, and then can you, after each training session each week, keep in your journal, you know, that success rate. So you're constantly seeing, it. I think if, you know, I have them put up post-it notes everywhere where they are, of, um, you know, what their goals are so that they're visually seeing it when they wake up or, you know, they have it in their locker and before they go onto the field, it's like, all right, I need to work on my first touch today. I'm going to be confident, um, you know, and be cognizant of it. Um, you know, so going through that process of setting goals and planning and then kind of reflecting about, I'm very big on self-reflection. Um, you know, you can say you're going to do something and do it, but then if you don't go back to it and you don't evaluate, you know, how are you going to grow from that? Um, you know, so doing this process really kind of teaches them, you know, to be focused in that way in other areas, whether it's school, whether it's, you know, a job that they want to go after, it's, you know, they're going to graduate and then move on into the real world. Like, what do you want to get out of that? You know, can you still have that same process once you graduate? Um, you know, so that's all, uh, most of the individual stuff that I do with them. Um, we do have a leadership council. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll do a few specific um, assignments with them, just what it means to be a leader. You know, it's not just telling your teammates what to do. It's, you know, you're going to be held accountable for everything that you do. Like you're going to be constantly watched, you know, and um, you're not always going to be liked as a leader. Um, <laughs> um, you know, but what it, what it means to be a leader and um, you know, we're currently working with team impact, you know, and so our leadership um, council is, is in charge of that. We've um, signed a, a young soccer player um, to be a part of our, Part of our team she actually came to our game at navy yesterday um so you know they're in charge of that you know so it's a lot of community engagement um volunteer work um and then as far as myself um you know i'm, I'm always looking to to grow and um grow as a leader so i do read a lot of like john gordon john maxwell um i'm a christian as well so i'll, I'll read a lot of you know christian pastors and preachers and, and writers um, but I'm also going to Camp Elevate this May. Um, it's from True North Sports, but it's just the focus is on it's not just soccer coaches who are going. It's all all different types of sport coaches, but just kind of it's more of a personal development that leads into professional development as a coach. It's kind of learning who you are and, um, you know, who you are as a person and how you can translate that into being a coach so i'm pretty pumped for that and then i'm a part of we coach which is a woman women's coaches group um going out there in june to kind of do the same sort of thing so i'm always looking to grow and be aware of what my weaknesses are and um you know try to turn those into strengths and just really harp on what my strengths are and um you know i'm uh, <laughs> i'm not a coach who's going to be a yeller and a screamer i'm just more of like the one-on-one -on -one coach so um, you know, there's nothing wrong with being who you are as a coach, as long as you're aware of who you are in the areas that you need to grow and, um, you know, and just figuring out, you know, what your why is, you know, why do you do the things that you do? And, um, you know, I think I have a pretty good grasp of, of what that is. Hmm. Well, this is what came to my mind as you were talking about that. 
there's two things actually, and it came up, it came to mind twice because you gave a very mm-hmm. good answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> you mentioned that you're working on yourself as more of like professional development and working on yourself and, and wanting and aspiring to be a professional coach or, or coaching in, in a professional capacity, meaning like full-time kind of yes, regardless sure. of whatever level you're at, uh, yep. requires extra work and, and, uh, extra focus and, and, and things like that. And then you had mentioned also when you were talking about players that you have players that aspire to be professional players as well. And so mm-hmm. I, I'm curious if those players get any type of special attention or special projects or special, um, um, I don't know the right way to, to, to put it, but just like extra, extra help from the coaches to push them towards their goal. Or <laughs> is it, uh, I, I, see, I don't even know the right way to ask the question. I'm, I'm, I've been interviewing people for like four years. And I don't know how to ask questions, but um, <laughs> I, I guess what I'm just trying to, trying to dig at is what's, what's the difference between the players that want to be professionals and then the ones that are kind mm-hmm. of like already knowing like, Oh, like I'm going to graduate and get into right. uh, my career. Yeah. No, I think, I, I think I know what you're getting at. I mean, for me, like no matter what level I'm coaching at um, and what level my players are, I still have the high standard, like same high standard, you know, whether you want to become a professional player or it's just these four years in college, like I still have high standards for you. And I expect those high standards to be placed. Um, you know, what you want as well, you know, cause like work ethic is work ethic. And I think, um, you know, you need to work at something hundred percent plus in order to be successful, you know, whether it's just those four years or you want to become a professional player, the level of work that is required from that may vary, you know, obviously, you know, those players who want to, you know, they're just there for the four years. Um, I still have those high standards of work ethic and respect and, um, you know, being a good teammate and, you know, being open and coachable, like it's still the same for a player who wants to play professionally. It's just, it's, it's going to require different work. Um, you know, maybe more intense work, um, for those players who want to play professional and just more time spent on the field, more time spent in video. But I would say on their end, it's still that high, high standard that I place upon them. That's it's always interesting to hear, and, and there's so many different levels to soccer, I guess, and there's so many different levels of coaches that listen to this podcast. So I think there's something in there that every coach can take because sure. it's, it's not just you know developing a player for the professional level, but what if a player wants to go from rec to club, or what if mm-hmm. a player wants to go from bench yeah. to starter, or um, from club to to you know full ride scholarship or something like that? So you can take that information, you could you could tweak it and, and apply it to whatever environment. I think you're, Absolutely. you're working, sure. which is important. Yeah. I think it's important to, um, to know your players and know what they can handle. Um, because sometimes if, you know, you come at a player who's there for just four years and you speak to them the same way as a player wants to play professional, like it may freak them out and, you know, they may, may not even want to put that work in, but you, yeah, you do have to know your players and know what their goals are and know what they're, um, you know, what they can handle. Um, that's definitely important. Yep. No, it's, it's, and it, and it goes back to like having like, like a competitive versus a recreational mentality. And a lot mm-hmm. of times soccer in America is recreational soccer. And, you know, yep. it, it's disguised as club. It's disguised as competitive. Yes. It's disguised as travel and things like that. But for the most part, it is it is recreational soccer. It's an activity that kids are going to do 
for a handful of years and then they're going to move on from it. And so knowing, having, having the awareness that, you know, that that's the environment that you're in is very, very important, but also being aware of who in your environment is ready or willing or, or, you know, aspiring to, to go to, to a different level is so, 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 so important. And, Absolutely. and it's, it's really important that coaches don't let anything else get in the way of those players that want to go to that level. Like don't let the recreational mentality dictate how uh-huh. far a, a person with a competitive mentality can go. Like don't let the, don't let the recreational side hold those people back. And, and that's what uh, I think on a bigger scale is a problem that we suffer from as a country is that the recreational mentality is the one that kind of governs everything, you know, mm-hmm. the, you know the, how the leagues are set up and, you know, from yeah. professional down to, to U fives. But, um, but that meant that, that mentality kind of runs the show here and it's not the competitive mentality that is running the show. And so when people ask like, Oh, well, what's wrong with American soccer? It's like, well, yeah, we have a recreational mentality. Right. Exactly. And, yeah. Sorry. I was soapboxing. <laughs> Um, so at the end of every interview I always ask guests um, what do people need to know and so you came on the show wanting to you know talk about something very specific but Mm -hmm. you might have another answer to that question so uh, what what do people need to know Um, what do people need to know let's see Um, I mean I know I'm biased, but I believe that soccer is the most beautiful game. <laughs> um, but it like it's it can teach you so much about life. It's not just about the game. Like it's about you know the creativity, the competitiveness, the hard work. Um, you know, it's gonna. I you know, I soccer players are inherently smart. Um, you know, so it's gonna prepare them. Um, you know, for what's to come in their life. But I think just you know, we we talked about like the different levels of you know soccer and just. Um, you know, not changing that mentality, um, you know, of, of each of the levels, but no, I mean, no matter what level of soccer that you're, that you're coaching, um, you know, having that positive, um, player coach relationship is so, so important in terms of success of the team and the success of that player and the coach in life. You know, like, I don't think enough value is placed on that relationship. Um, but it's, it's just very important in, in determining, you know, the, the pathway of that player and that coach. So, um, you know, I think we're, we're definitely getting there. Um, you know, we're kind of playing catch up to the rest of the world, but we're definitely getting there and we're, we're moving there fast of just placing value on that, um, you know, and placing value on professional development for coaches, you know, with all the different resources that are out there, you know, it's not just the U S soccer coaching license anymore. There's so many, other things including 343 and um i do have to give a shout out to my husband bobby pompioni who is a member um <laughs> <laughs> make sure you give me a shout out so this is his shout out um you know and, and 343 is my form favorite formation to play too so that's the only reason i agree to this Perfect. interview <laughs> <laughs> um but no i i think that that relationship is so important and there's just so much out there to help coaches and help players with that, you know, it's not, you know, figure it out on your own. Like there's just so much stuff out there. Um, you know, but I think the more, um, value that we place on our relationship, the better off we're going to be and the more successful we're going to be as a country. I 100% agree. Uh, you started to kind of break up there. 
towards the towards the end. So maybe I'm sorry. Move, move next to the window for for the answer or for answering this next question. But um, okay. where uh, where can people connect with you, and where can people learn more about you? You mentioned earlier if they want to learn about your playing career, they have to Google a different last name. So where where <laughs> where, where can people learn about you, connect with you, and 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 see what you're up to? Um. Yeah. No. I'm definitely active on social media. Twitter, Instagram. It's the same handle. It's at Makowski. M A K O S K I. Two uh, two. My number was twenty two. So at Makowski twenty two. Um, Bobby told me that I haven't changed my handle, but I don't think I can do it. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I can do it. Um. But also, yeah, I'm on Facebook too, um, under Monty Makowski Papioni. I did add that in there for Facebook. And then if anyone wants to email me, I'm you know open to it. It's monymakowski at gmail.com. M-A-N-Y-A-M-A-K-O-S-K-I at gmail.com. Perfect. You're brave for putting your email address. <laughs> I don't, tell I don't people that. care at all. No, I don't mind. I'm, I'm very open to it. The more feedback I can get from, from other people, the you know the more we're going to learn and grow. That's cool. And, uh, and if anybody's listening, they, they can also connect with you on Wednesday nights. You're really big. Uh, you're really big on jumping in on the soccer chat stuff. I, oh yeah. Bobby, all about soccer I love those guys, but sometimes my bedtime is like eight o'clock because I wake up <laughs> early sometimes. So I'm like trying to convince the soccer chat guys to move it to like seven o'clock, but no, I know everybody's got their, their schedules and coaching and stuff, but no, yeah. Soccer chat's awesome. Definitely join in Wednesday nights. That's good. That's good. Um, all right. Anything else that we need to cover before we hang up? No, that's it. I appreciate this interview. It was definitely an honor being on 343. Awesome. Well, I, th- I appreciate your time and, and thank you for, for jumping on here. I hope people connect with you. And, and um, I think because you're you're so competitive, I think that you can hold this over Bobby for, for quite a while. <laughs> on here first. Oh, he's going to be waiting for his, his request. So <laughs> make, make him wait. Make him wait a little bit. That's funny. I'll ghost him for a while. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, Manuel. Thank you so much. um, I'll I'll be in touch soon. All right, sounds good. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. All right, bye. Bye. All right. Thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 podcast. And a big thank you to our sponsor, Bounce Athletics. I also want to leave you with one note from one of our members of the 343 coaching education program. His name is Thomas, and he's been a member for quite a while. And this is what he had to say. If you want to play insanely good with your team and start to understand the possession and positional game, this will give you a head start. I have tried the material on three ordinary teams, and after a year, they totally dominate the local teams. After two years, they are among the best in the region. The program 343 offers is not a complicated curriculum. It's actually simpler than you might think. But instead of more, you have to go deep in every detail. Thomas, thank you so much for that beautiful review, and I hope that everybody else finds that valuable. If you want more information about the 343 Coaching Education Program, the program that helps support and fund this podcast, you can visit 343coaching.com. All right, we'll catch you guys next time here on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening.